Hi everyone, this is Nature Tripping. I'm Cathy. And I'm Jo. Welcome to our podcast. It's about going outside to experience the wildlife that's all around us. We're going to be chatting about where we are and what's happening. Sometimes we'll just leave the microphones recording so we can spend some time just listening. Hi everybody, uh, welcome back to Nature Tripping. Um, this is part two of our small series on learning birdsong, or maybe a longer series, <laughs> depending on how long the lockdown continues, but learning birdsong in the coronavirus lockdown. Yeah, so in line with um, the COVID restrictions, we've made our recordings only within two kilometres of where we live, so as part of daily exercise and um, no unnecessary travel was undertaken in the making of this podcast. So today we're looking at four different birds, the song thrush, blackbird, the chiffchaff and the goldfinch and we're going to start with the song thrush. And we've chosen these birds because these are the ones that are singing quite prominently now. And the thrush is quite a familiar bird and widespread in, in the UK. Um, singing in spring in gardens especially at the moment and um, yeah they're, they're red listed actually because there used to be about 3 million breeding pairs in the 1970s but they've their numbers have fallen quite radically now there are only about 1.3 million breeding pairs in the UK Why has that happened? Uh, mainly due to um, agricultural changes in the past 30 years and you know, intensification of agriculture, land drainage, pesticides. Same old story, really. Yeah. And what the what the, the type of habitat that thrushes really like is scrub and the margins of woodlands and field boundaries and hedges. Um, so that's a little bit what gardens are like. And so gardens provide really good habitat for thrushes. And um, they really like eating worms and snails um, and obviously berries in the winter. So they kind of like the combination of cut grass or grazed fields and thick undergrowth. And um, they live in this country all year round. But the singing really gets going in the, in the middle of spring. So here's a song thrush. And this song thrush uh, was easy to record because he's turning up in our garden um, most nights of the week now. And he's sitting in an ivy bush and he's doing this for about 20 minutes and then flying off somewhere else.
Yes, it's quite um, quite a lively, chirpy sound that he's making, isn't it? He's a very energetic song, I think, yeah. and very variable. Yeah. So I mean, some of them are quite. Some of the notes are fluty, but some are quite more chirpy or chattery or noises rather than notes. Acrobatic, I'd say. Hmm. It's pretty. Yeah. It's generally um, a bit repetitive. Well, there's another recording I've got that I made um, a couple of years ago. Mm. In, it was in April, um, and it's a quite good example of that thing that you just mentioned, the mm. repetition of the phrases that the song thrush does. So if we listen to that, you'll see what I mean. So sometimes they even sound like they're making little words, like pieces of eight. Or... Yeah, and I think um, what I've noticed is they'll have a note that they repeat or a phrase that they might repeat, but then they might not repeat. They might just go... Sort of finishing it off. Yeah. yeah, and then they'll have another little block with lots of repetition in it. So repetition is a really good way of understanding whether you're listening to a thrush or not. Are there a number of phrases or a number of notes that are repeated? Because one of the issues is how to distinguish this song thrush from the blackbird, which we're going to listen to next. Yeah. Repetition is one of the characteristics of the song thrush. Well, yeah, not to say that the blackbird doesn't repeat sometimes as well, but I think the thrush repeats more. There you go. Then the blackbird. Pieces of eight. Before that, was it dark?
Okay, so that's the thrush. Uh, the song thrush, we should say, not the missile thrush. That's a whole other can of worms. <laughs> um, yeah, the song thrush. So next, we're going to take a listen to the blackbird. So yeah, blackbirds are dominating the dawn chorus at the moment. I mean, um, it's the robins that start really early in the morning while it's still dark. But then the blackbirds take over. And um, blackbirds are one of the commonest birds in the country. Um, over five million breeding pairs, um, really widespread. And unlike lots of other species, their numbers are not declining. Right, we're just going to listen to one blackbird singing on its own in the park. So, compared with the song thrush, it's not as energetic, is it? No. It's more melodious. Mm. Um, slower, mellow. Yeah. Uh, long gaps between the phrases. The notes are longer. Yeah, and the phrases are a little bit more complex and they're similar to each other, but you don't have that sort of relentless repetition. But it's not as complex a song as the song thrushes, is it? Because the song thrush is going all over the place with all these different little phrases and sounds, whereas the blackbirds singing mainly short, melodic phrases. I think I meant the individual phrase was a little bit more complex. I mean, a song thrush's phrase might only have two notes in it, say. I think also compared to other birds that sing, like a wren or a... Um, Dunnock, you know, the, the pitch is lower, or sort of alto rather than a soprano. Yeah, when there's a few of them singing together, there's kind of this bed of lower notes weaving in and out, like in a dawn chorus. If you're listening, you can hear the blackbirds as the... Sort of like a choir. Lower layer yeah. of voices. Mm. Um, I've got a recording here of a blackbird with some other birds singing at the same time mm. so you can hear it in in context it's not a dawn chorus recording mm. it was taken about six o'clock in the evening mm. that's another time when blackbirds like singing isn't it yeah so let's listen to that
this is quite good because um, there are a few other birds singing like or making noises like rooks and robins but you can focus on the blackbird try and listen to that species in particular even though there are other birds singing yeah and that's one thing that I've found when I've been trying to learn going outside and listening and then just see if I can lock into one species and kind of isolate it was out in the park recording the blackbirds f for the melody but um there was also a blackbird making some rather odd noises a bit like a thrush so I guess this isn't what uh, you'd call blackbird song more blackbird calls or articulations and they were really quite crazy and I thought I'd just share them because they're quite interesting in terms of the range of sounds a bird can make Could you actually see it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was definitely a blackbird. Just checking. It was quite electronic. That's blackbirdy. Or thrushy. What did you think to that? Very strange blackbird experience. Um, I mean, if you hadn't actually seen it, that I would have been quite surprised. Oh, quite. You wouldn't have believed me. Well, do you know there was another male blackbird <laughs> nearby, so maybe it was communicating something yeah. about territory. Anyway, before we go on to think about more bird species, um, we're going to play. A segment of the Dawn Chorus recorded in early April, um, which includes song thrush, robin, blackbirds and wrens. It's a kind of halfway point in the podcast, isn't it? You can get a cup of tea or listen in or just relax.
Okay, for those of you who've got into listening to birdsong in the past few weeks, you might have noticed something different, um, kind of cutting through the sound of the robins and the wrens, and that's the song of the chiff chaff. And they sound like this. The reason that's just started is because they're one of the first summer migrants to arrive back in this country. So most chiffchaffs um, that we see breed in Britain and then spend the summer in Britain eating insects and migrate to uh, the Mediterranean or North Africa for the winter. So they kind of live half and half between the north and the south, um, making the journey every autumn and every spring. But um, Actually, quite a lot of chiffchaffs spend the winter in England. I mean, mainly in the south. This has kind of been increasing since the 1980s. And as well as that, the, the, they've extended their breeding range further up into Scotland. So there's a kind of general northward expansion of their, of their range. Um, basically, this is an indicator of climate change. Does it only sing in the spring and the summer? If it, if if you've got a chiffchaff living down in the south, well, yeah, uh, except I mean, would people in the south hear that that's that call, that song, or that song yeah. all year through? Whereas up north, yeah. we're we're only going to hear it during the breeding season when they're here in bigger numbers. I think you can hear it in the winter because I remember we were in the Yorkshire Dales last winter and we heard a chiffchaff. That was in the north. Yeah, so I think some chiffchaffs are getting quite you know staying in the country quite far north um and yeah you can hear them in the winter okay so it's no longer true to say oh the first chiff chaps arrived because there might have been one here all year yes so the bird's named after the song isn't it chiff chaff chiff yes. chaff chiff chaff and i think i mean for me it's unmistakable and really distinctive um because of that that kind of ch sound almost almost like a cheep and they kind of give um, equal emphasis to each um, chiff and chaff. There are plenty of other birds with the kind of two-note song, aren't there? Especially tits. Yeah. It's about giving equal weight to each sound in the two-sound phrase. Yeah. Chiff, chaff, chiff, chaff. Mm. Unlike some of the tits, yeah, might stress or accentuate mm. one note of the two note motif more than the other. Yeah, yeah, it might be quite difficult um, until you've got tuned into the the exact kind of timbre of mm. a chiff chaff to not quite know that it's a chiff chaff. Mm. You might confuse it with a great tit or a blue tit, maybe.
So have you seen a chiffcha? I saw that one. That was in the park. And I uh, heard it first and I walked towards the sound. And then um, I looked up and the leaves still aren't out on the trees. And there was a very small brown bird with a paler front Mm. hopping about from like one set of top branches to another chiff chaffing stopping (laughs) hopping somewhere else doing another chiff chaff Um, but not a very interesting looking bird like a boring brown bird really sort of greeny brown they're a bird that's you much more likely to hear than see and they're not very distinctive to look at yeah about the size of a blue tip maybe yeah. A bit bigger than the blue tip. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing to say about them is this song is all about territory. They're really territorial birds. And so the, the chiff chaff is the male singing to proclaim its territory as well as attract females. Yeah. So, yeah, like um, with the other birds, the, the song thrush and the blackbird, I will play a recording where the chiff chaff's mixed in with some other birds in context so you can... See if you can like pick out the chiff chaff call from the other birds that are also singing along at the same time. So that was the chiff-chaff in amongst robins, rooks and a blackbird. And finally, Cathy, I think we should play this little clip of a chiff-chaff because um, there's also your favourite bird in here, the curlew. And we can't seem to do a podcast without mentioning or including the curlew. So uh, this recording's for you. Definitely there in the distance, the sound of a moorland curlew. 
Okay, that's the chiff chaff. Um, next, we're going to finish our podcast looking at a little bird called goldfinch. Um, why, why, why did you decide to include goldfinches particularly in this podcast, Joey? Well, previously, goldfinches were birds that I kind of recognised purely through how they looked because they're so exotic, aren't they? They're pretty amazing, aren't they? Really brightly coloured. Yeah, yellow, red, black, white. And a bit of sandy brown. Yeah, really pretty little birds. But then I was looking at the results from the RSPB's Big Garden Bird Watch, mm. the top 10 birds, and goldfinch were on there, surprisingly. They're number six. So that made me think, well, gosh, they're pretty common birds. A lot of mm. people are seeing them. Um, and I think they may be one of those birds that's like the blackbird. It's doing quite well. Yeah. I mean, their numbers have really increased since the 1980s because of people feeding them in the gardens. Right. And um, I think something like, you know, they're now found in well over half of gardens compared to about 10%, you know, 20 odd years ago. Yeah. So a lot of people are seeing them. Um, but I personally had no idea what they sounded like, whether they had a song and if they did what it sounded like. Mm. So I thought it would be worthwhile including them. Um, because if they do have a song, then a lot of people are going to be hearing that song at the moment because the birds are quite common. So, yeah, this is the first recording I got of a goldfinch. There's actually a robin in this recording as well. So um, let's take a listen to this. So it's the long drawn out twang the and the wheat wheat that the, we can hear sort of twitter that that's less audible in that recording i think mm. the main thing is that i've since discovered that's not the most commonest thing you hear a goldfinch doing but it's quite an interesting noise and it's distinctive it was one that stands out yeah. so if you hear that yeah you know that you've you've got goldfinch in the vicinity mm. Here's another goldfinch having a sing. So it's quite high pitched. And quite a lot of, quite a variety of chirrs and squeaks. and. There's a lot of articulations in there, mm. aren't there? 
So it's having a, it's singing away at the top of a tree. Yeah. Here's another one. So those were individual goldfinches singing alone. I mean, they usually travel around in little flocks, don't they? Mm. So there's usually two, three, four, five of them. Mm. um, Going from tree to tree. Yeah, Yeah. flying around together. And I think for me, it's when you hear them all together that you've got this characteristic sound that allows you to go, ah, there's goldfinch here. And this is a group of goldfinch all chattering together. I think for me it's the wee wee wee. Also, it's the tweet 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 tweet. Yeah. Twittery. Yeah. High pitch twittering. So it's been really interesting for me because I had no idea what they sounded like prior to a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I've been out trying to record them. I've got their kind of sonic fingerprint in my ears now. And now I'm wandering about and I'm hearing them absolutely everywhere. Mm. There are loads of goldfish. <laughs> um, even though you can't see them, you hear this twanging. Yeah. Um, in the bushes and the trees. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. So you've been on quite a goldfinch journey recently. I have been on a goldfinch journey, <laughs> Kathy. Yeah. Mm. One of the unintended outcomes from the coronavirus lockdown. Mm. And that sound of um, goldfinches in a group twittering away—you can actually hear that in the winter. You know, if you're out, if you're out in the fields and you happen to be near lots of thistles or teasels. Because um, goldfinches like the seeds from those plants to feed off in the winter. Um, you can quite often be alerted to the fact that goldfinches are around by, by those sounds. So that's it for this um, episode of Nature Tripping. Um, so hopefully this given you a bit of insight into how to identify those four birds through their song. And now's a good time to do that because, as we said earlier, they're all out there singing at the moment. And the, the goldfinch do make a contribution to the dawn chorus. So we're going to finish off with a segment of a recent dawn chorus. And the goldfinches start singing quite late on, after some of the noisier birds have reduced. And we took this recording of the dawn chorus about a week ago. And I think what we're going to do for our next podcast is just 
release the Dawn Chorus as the podcast. We're not planning on um, saying anything. I think Kathy might write some notes, which we'll put up on my website on what species are singing when, if you're interested in that kind of thing. And we'll probably be back after that a few weeks later with the next episode, uh, All Being Well, where by then we may have been able to capture some recordings from birds that are migrating in, like the black cap and the willow warbler. There's a risk of promising what you may not be able to deliver. There is, there is. I said may, though, so we'll be all right. Okay, bye bye for now. Bye.